Good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Jay with Anointed Radio. And we're going to start off in decency and order. And we're going to come out of Luke 11 and 4, where it says, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sinned against us, and lead us not into temptation. God wants you to remember that forgiving heart is what we need in this time, a forgiving heart of one another, of the church, of anybody that's done you wrong, because we have to navigate back to love. God is of love. And you can't love somebody if you if you can't forgive them. Because if you love somebody enough, you forgive them, right? So you have to remember that forgiveness is a key that we need in this Christian journey. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for coming here today. Let us be able to say something, be able to plant a seed somewhere across this world, God, that someone could be uplifted, someone could be redirected, someone could be able to be pointed towards you, Lord, so that they can say, what can I do to be saved? God, we love you. God, we praise you. God, continue to be in the midst, continue to help us, continue to build us up, continue to strengthen us. Anybody that needs a financial breakthrough, send it their way, God. Anybody that needs healing right now, touch them, Lord. Touch the hospitals, touch the doctors. Anybody that's dealing with COVID, God, we have not forgot. God, please bless them and anoint them and give them peace, Lord, to be able to have the strength to go till another day, God. God, we just thank you for all the things that you've blessed us with so far. And God, we just continue to trust you. and We continue to put everything in your hands. We said it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 This is Pastor Jay. And like always, I got something to say. And what I have to say is this. You can find me at Anointed. Jalon on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Pastor Jalon Calhoun on Facebook. And you could go and get my single Jesus, You Make Me Happy on all streaming platforms. Um, and I have big news today. I won the primaries for state assembly today. Um, amen. In Jesus' name. Um, I, I always say, if you don't. Um, what do I always say? If you don't see the change, be the change. So with that being said, I, I, I definitely want everybody to be encouraged to be able to do something in your community. With God, you can do anything. So despite what people have told you in your past, despite what people have said about you, God has a different plan for you and has planted a seed for you in your life. So you could go ahead and Follow Anointed Radio on all social media platforms. Definitely go follow the legendary, the great Dr. Marvin Netta Clay, the love child of Marvin Gaye and Etta James. Yes, I said it, the love child of Marvin Gaye and Etta James. Go follow on as uh, Mar Clay Marvinetta. Anything, just look up Dr. Marvinetta Clay. She has a song called Worship Forever. Awesome track. You can go check out. And she is going to be missed today. She's teaching Bible study. So, you know, when it comes down to pastoral duties, you have to put God first. So we have to understand that. And we do here at Anointed Radio. We miss you, Dr. Clay. Shout out. And go check out Miss Chiquita Andrews, the, the most talented book writer in Las Vegas, y'all. Go get her book, um, Unbroken, Unbroken Truth. 
I'm messing it up. See, if she was here, she'd be able to say it for herself. So anyway, go ahead and make sure you go check out uh, Chiquita Andrews and see everything she's doing and all the great things. And I have my shy town brother from another mother that's now from Oakland to Las Vegas to Chicago, Mr. Chris Johnson. What's up, everyone? What's up? What's up? I am back. Yes, I am in Chicago. And it's nine o'clock here. <laughs> so, you know, it's time to wrap stuff up and go to bed. But anyways, I'm glad to be online. Um, missing my Las Vegas family, of course. Um, but you can follow me at sinchrisj.com or sinchrisj on Instagram or Facebook. I do have music coming out. I have an album coming out. So I'm working on that. As a matter of fact, I will be visiting or back in Vegas soon to try to get that stuff done. But anyways, that's what I have going. And yeah, keep me in prayer. This Chicago life is is dope, but it's cold. <laughs> Even in the summertime, it's a little cold out here. Um, and windy. They, it's not called the Windy City for nothing. It, it's definitely very windy out here today. It's stormy. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's not so stormy now, but it was earlier. You didn't, bring any, you didn't bring none of the heat with you? No, I left that. <laughs> so and another thing that we do have is we have the great recording artist miss darlene mccoy on the line You'll be able to have her say hey to everybody hello she said hello y'all here she goes <laughs> the great darlene mccoy is on anointed radio everybody and we are going to be playing a lot of her music today. It's a Darlene McCoy hour. So, yeah. Just throw Thank that you. out there. Let's go. Amen. So, one thing I wanted to just say with announcements in Las Vegas, um, the primaries are going. Praise God for everybody that went to go vote because we have to make a change in our community before we think that change is going to come anywhere else so praise god for everybody that went to vote and i know it was a struggle everywhere because the lines was like four to five hours but you stood in there and you voted so everybody congratulations for getting your voice heard another thing i wanted to say is congratulations to minister stretch for his peaceful uh, protest there was no issues he has six thousand people in attendance and they were able to come with a great message so applause to him and all the great things that he's doing in the city. And I believe, I think that's it. Other than get ready, get ready, get ready. Like TG Jake say, because everybody going back to church. So all that online church being in pajamas. Y'all going back to church. <laughs> everybody going to start going back to church, y'all. So the government going back to church up the schools. here in Chicago, there's only like 50 people they can let in the building. Or you got to watch it online. Other than that, they're not letting nobody back in the buildings right now. So if you work for the church as a pastor, minister, song, writer, whatever you're doing in the church, just get ready, get ready, get ready, because you're going to be in, probably in that number of 50 people going back to church. And um, we definitely just say be safe, be cautious. We understand the power of God, but we have to understand that God gave us wisdom. So if you don't feel well, don't go. If if you if you have a cautious or if you have any type of ailments, we still have to remember that Miss Rona is still out there, and that's point blank period. So with that being said, I just caution everybody to be smart in your decisions when going back to church, and 
that's most of the announcements. Next week, we'll probably have more announcements of things happening since church will be opening back up. But one thing I wanted to do as a special treat for everybody while we go into the um, music break and before we go into Miss Darlene's music, I this weekend is uh, is I will be releasing my new single, Renew My Praise. This is a song that I made during the time of the lockdown, corona, depression of people passing away close to me and all that. God gave me this song at three o'clock in the morning and I just start, got up and start writing it. So I hope everybody likes it. You're getting a sneak peek here first on Anointed Radio before it goes to all my, my friends and media that's going to start playing it. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to now announce Renew My Praise by Pastor Jaylon Calhoun, followed by the the music tribute of Miss Darlene McCoy. Stay close because we will be coming back with Miss Darlene McCoy at 7.30. All right. Much love. And here we go. God, bring me an overflow of faith. Please send me the strength to be, I pray. Ignite a fire within my soul. Leave me there and I will go. I submit to your will and your way. All storms run out of rain. The pain will fade away. All scorned from the night of rain. All my tears he'll wipe away. I got my eyes on you. Nothing's hard for you. Keep my eyes on you. Nothing is too hard for you. My friend, give me the song. Show you my heart longs for your love. Renew my praise. Give me the song. Show you my heart longs for your love. Lord, increase your perfect peace in me. Help me see the truth in you. I need to have you near. I need to have you near, ignite a fire within my soul, leave me there and I will go, I submit to your will and your way, all storms run out of the pain will fade away, all storms run out of all my tears you take away. I got my eyes on you. Nothing's hard for you. Keep my eyes on you. Nothing is too hard for you. Renew my praise. Give me the song. Show you my heart. Long for your love. 
God, give me peace, peace. God, give me joy, joy. Or renew my strength. God, give me peace, peace. God, give me joy, joy. Or renew my faith. God, give me peace. God, give me joy, Lord, renew my strength. God, give me peace, God, give me joy, Lord, renew my faith. Give me the song. Show you my heart longs for your love. Renew my praise. Give me the song. Show you my heart longs for your love. I hear you calling me, calling your spirit, drawing me. The same time, confused, I don't understand. I don't do everything wrong, and I'm not always right. I keep it real with myself. That God is that greater than me, that lives in me, guiding me safely. I'm so unworthy. Oh, 
what's happening It's keeping going on in my mind I gotta stop Contemplating Overthinking Wasting my time Trusting you and letting go
got the call It fell hard on me like a ton of bricks It should have been me, God, you don't deserve this Wish I could reverse it But we gon' meet it, we gon' meet it No matter what it takes It's just another thing Attempting to test your faith I know you've been through way too much to White flag, you're gonna make it. No doubt about it, because you've been through way too much. Wave the white flag. Sure, as she carries this cross, baby thoughts hurt so bad, won't last long. Soon enough, you're so strong. Even when she sheds her tears, I see hope in her eyes. I wanna be strong with her, walk with her. I wanna win this fight with her. When the thousands got the calls, got the call. It fell hard on me like a ton of bricks. Should've been me. She don't deserve it. She don't deserve it. But I can reverse it. Oh, 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 oh. we gon' beat it, we gon' beat it, no matter what it takes. Oh, 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 because you've been through way too much to the white No, you're not going under This won't be the day that we say goodbye Gonna hold on to the memories that give us life We've got a lot more miles to go And more hills to climb are now going into the interview with Miss Darlene McCoy, everybody. Round of applause for having her on, y'all. Glad to be here. And your, your music be having people vibe. You be like, I was over here jamming DJ. I was like, okay. I was in the background. I was trying to act like when you're back down vocals. I was like, even be. <laughs> That's what's up. Thank, thank you for that. That's actually, you know, um, I really feel like my my music should represent who I am and not what I th what people think I should sound like. Um, it just represents me. So yeah, Amen. it's my pers all my personality all over. Amen. So I have to say this before going into interview, or I don't. I'll get beat up by Dr. Clay. Dr. Clay wanted to say hi to you. Hello, Dr. Dr. Clay. And she. She be at work jamming you on Spotify. So I had oh, to put it. Really? Yeah, I mean, she be at work. Jam she found your whole dish. Uh, whole Discography. There you go. That big word over there. You got education. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. And she just went through every song. And that's how 
she was able to find your album that was more like a like a play, which wow. was because I felt like the album that you were talking, you were talking about deep stuff, but it still had a, com- a like a comedic like tone to it. Right. So I, I, I definitely was have to give my credit to Dr. Clay for finding that album because after that I was bumping it from ep- ep- um, Where's My Check all the way down to My Walmart. Check has yet <laughs> to come. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite one. Where is my check? Yeah. <laughs> so um, one thing we always do here at Anointed Radio is do a Pastor J icebreaker question. Okay. And the icebreaker question is this. If you can have, if you can do a project with any person, live or dead, who would it be? Prince. Oh, that's a good one. Very good one. That is a great one. Yep. That would be it. Live or dead. I'm glad you said live or dead because Prince. Um, And that's actually been like, I think that when, when I, when I first came into the, to the industry, people would ask me who would I like to collaborate with. It was always Prince. Um, and, and I think it's just because of his authenticity. He is authentic to music and, and authentic to sound. He's authentic to his to who he was as, as a person. So I just would have always wondered what would it be like because I, I am a very eclectic person. You know, um, I am, you know, people there's something different about me in every arena, whether I'm in church or whether I am not in church, there is something that stands out that is different about me um, because I am authentically who I am. And that's what I loved about Prince. You know what I mean? He, you know, you, you can't imagine Prince ever wearing like khakis and a polo. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's because he represented exactly who he was. Right. And I really appreciated that because, you know, um, just I've I've always felt like, you know, different. I'm always I've always been different, you know, than the norm. You know, it's like, is she a gospel artist? Yeah, I sing the gospel, but I'm not called to the church, just the church. You know, my music goes to souls. Doesn't Amen. go to it is not exclusive to just church souls. I, I actually spend time with God for souls to be fed, not just church souls. So, Amen. Um, Amen. so but so, yo, yeah, that's um, that way would be Prince. Okay. <laughs> so where is your hometown and where do you reside now? Atlanta, Georgia. Born and raised? I am. No, I'm a born, I was born and raised in Greenville, South Carolina, but I've been in Atlanta, Georgia for 28 years. Okay. Yeah. So I have to ask this question. I've asked this to almost everybody. Okay. So what was your very first duty in the church? Singing. Man, <laughs> we have another one for choir. Okay. That's right. Right. Always. That's actually a really good question. I've never heard that question before. I've actually asked a lot of people when I called a lazy Christian because I said I would not usher. I'm not. When I, as a kid, I just saw it was like at the door, people see you, you can't sit down, people ignored, especially the kid usher. They'd be like, boy, if you don't get out of my way. And then, yeah, it just felt like that's not, I already didn't want to be at church when I was little. So right. it's like, now you're going to work? Like, this is work, work. Mm-hmm. 
The only bad thing about choir is that itchy robes, but you get to sit down and go to sleep. And then when the preacher starts, and Jesus came down from the mountain top, you wake up, yeah, hallelujah. And you just wake up and you're like, the church part of church. I'm about to get some food. Amen. Right. That was the best right. part of church stuff. <laughs> you wake up after your nap and the food is coming. And then you know that we're about to be over. That's his ass. That's the thing right there. When you when he start hooping, you know it's we almost finished. Yeah. And and and, and the hooping, I think one thing as a kid, I used to count how many times he almost lost his breath for real. And, and I tried to come and tell you. And I'm like, okay, yeah, where's that's the, the nurse? One, that's the one I would get the side eye from me in the choir like this. Right. What's wrong him? And then my I'm mama, my mama was the usher, so she in the back of the church talking about fix your face. I'm like, how do you fix your face? You I couldn't stand it. I didn't like church when I was a kid. I just didn't like it because it was the same thing all the time. And it was just like, sure. you could just look at your watch and go, all right, here we go. We're going to do this. Here we go with that. Here we go with that. I'm so ready to go home. <laughs> watching Moesha or something. I, I, I wanted to go home and play with toys. I, was, I love church. Church was comedy. That's the only reason I went because it comedy. was comedy, wasn't it? It was comedy. Reason. I the had best to go comedy. Though. Yeah, I had to go though. My parents, my parents, I have a church family. Everybody preaches and speaking in tongues and all of that. I had to go. And then, you know, I love music. So that mm. was the only reason that that was what I would look forward to going right. to, is going to listen to music or be a part of doing the music. But the whole preaching part up until I was saved. <laughs> Right, right. When I was a, a, a older teenager, I didn't pay any attention to any of it. I was right. just like, "Oh God, here we go." <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of it was mumble. I just felt like, "Have you ever heard how Charlie Brown parents want, 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 Sister Mary fell out twice. Right, right. Preacher hooped about seventeen times, and then drunk water, then hooped seventeen more times. Now, now then, I have to tell you, if it's a good hoop, like I like good hoopers. Like, yeah. If you could sing hoop, if you okay, could like hoop, then I, that was exciting to me. But if you just, yeah. <laughs> You just up there, ah, and God said, "I'm like I done heard this before." <laughs> right. I need, a new, I need something new in your hoop. <laughs> yeah, I need and to your hoop or something because right. we just do the same thing over and over again. And it's this true. is this will go into my next question. Yeah. What is your favorite scripture? Oh my God. Um, I I think that it just depends. It depends on where I am because there's not one favorite scripture for me. I don't just like, oh, I got to go back to Christ. I'm not that chick to just go back to that scripture. Mm. Um, I um, I'm so I have been saved for so long. Um, I think that it really just depends on where I am in my life. It could be anything. If I'm having a real hard time and I'm I'm losing faith and I and I can't see. What's next? I'll go to First Peter five and ten. That the sufferings are, uh, you know, of the day. Well, no, that's not it. That's Romans. First um, Peter five and ten is is after you suffered a while, um, that God will strengthen, establish, 
and establish you. And, mm. um, you know, I have to re re remember in the hard times that this is this is just another a part of the journey that God is establishing a deeper capacity for him in, in my life. Mm. And I have to just think about that. And um, but um, I, I think that I have become so accustomed over the years to building up my faith in scripture that I have I'm free to be to be what I, I have all I've learned all of these years. And that's what I mean by that. I don't I don't just seclude myself to some scripture and say, oh, and then the word said this and the word said this, because now I really understand that the spirit of God is in me. Mm -hmm. And not only does the word say it, but I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I say this and I can declare things over my house and my life. And, and, and I can declare things. And God said, he, if you declare it, you'll establish it. So it's just, you know, wherever you are in your journey in Christ, you know, you just, you find, you find, you know, whatever it is that just kind of just keeps you, keeps you, keeps you going and keeps you pushing. So Amen. sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it's absolutely still quietness. You know what I mean? Sometimes I don't want to hear nothing but me breathing. <laughs> it's, I have a funny story about you just saying it's still just stillness and quietness. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn how to be in a silent area until my car in California was robbed and they took my stereo and the cigarette lighter so I couldn't charge up my phone. So I just had to sit in the car quiet. And I that was the day that I noticed I heard from God more just sitting there driving and wow. really just talking to God like he's sitting there right there. And it established that communication between me and him real deeper where I'm like, OK, I got to go somewhere quiet. Like even now to this day, I hardly listen to music. It, mm -hmm. It's amazing. I love music, but there's those days I just me and God early morning, I'm praying, I'm talking, I might be crying, I might be prophesizing, I might be declaring and decreeing, but it's just me and God where I feel like that's like my, like my war room, you know, mm. where everybody has their closet, but I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to nobody, I'm grown and I'm scared of the dark. So with that being said, we're gonna go past that. And um, I just think that what you said was right, is just having that stillness is really when you can hear from God because a lot of times we talk but we don't listen. Right. Facts. Right. And he's always speaking. Right. If we just if if you know the scripture says he that has an ear let him hear what right. the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. You know, we got all these people that are saying we are the church. He's speaking to you. So if you got an ear, a spiritual ear, hear what he's saying. And a lot of times we just, you know, we just get all wrapped up in everything and we try to find um, a nice little um, uh, spiritually and religiously acceptable place to say that we are in God, meaning, uh, well, we're just going to just gonna forgive him and we're just going to, you know, just keep on going and, you know, let's just make sure that we're praying and all of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you are able to hear God, God will give you instruction. Right. On where you should be, on what you should say, on how you should respond. Um, and it's more important for us. You know, a lot of people will walk around and say, um, did you read your Bible today? Did you pray? And it's like, it ain't none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that ain't none of your business, honey. You said, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That what that got to do with anything? I have nothing in my life to prove to you. Right. What, I have to, what I am doing in this place in God right now, because what we we got to understand is that our the earth is changing. Right. Everything about everything that we've always known has shifted already. Yeah. And if and if we go into this next place that God is bringing us to with yesterday's mindset, we're not going to make it for very long. This is why we have to hear what God is saying. And, now, you know, I think I think one thing that comes to me is is when people fear the unknown and they just stuck in their ways, um, God has to force you into a new mindset because a lot of times we don't go willingly you know i think about moving to this desert called las vegas where i was from the bay area where there was beaches and sunshine and 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 and, and good food and <laughs> wait a it, minute what you trying to say it ain't no good food in las vegas it was good no. food. we have more so it was just that it was a lot of things where anything now that's why Chris you got Harold's there you go amen so that's why I moved to Chicago because are you in <laughs> Chicago Chris yeah I moved to Chicago from Vegas I couldn't do it couldn't do it good food when, oh you can't be for, are you from Chicago no I'm actually from the Bay Area too oh okay I was getting ready to say you can't be from Chicago and move to Vegas and eat the food because the food in Chicago is amazing my well, God. You, just got, you just gotta go to Oakland. You get some real good, amazing food there too. You just gotta make sure you have bulletproof vests, but that's a whole different story. So, <laughs> yeah. Chicago too. What you talking about? Uh, hey, hey, I, never, never, I ain't, I ain't <laughs> never been over there. Make sure you go to Jerk Forty Eight. I want to see if it's really good over there. Chicago so, always in the news. <laughs> Always, they probably in the news right now. So and that's why I'm in the house. Hey, but you're safe. Hallelujah. In the house. Huh? In the name. <laughs> But I, I think one thing that we have to really lead God to is make our plans straight Amen. with him and then have him guide our feet. Because it says in the Bible, if you make the plan, God will order your steps. So a lot of times we just have to understand what he meant in that in that order. You make the plan, present it to him. When you have a plan, what you do when you come as a business plan, right? You present it to people, right? Well, you're mm -hmm. presenting this plan to God mm -hmm. and you can't just make a plan and never bring it to God and then expect God to handle it. That's and right. Then, have him order your steps to where he wants you to go so that you're not outside the will. Because sometimes we step outside will, we get lost, and then mm -hmm. we have to take seven steps back to get back to where we start from. Mm -hmm. And it's then the, that mindset of that next level we never attain. And we right. stuck doing the same thing in 2021 that we did in 2018 or 2012. You know why, though? Hmm. People like to be instructed mm. and they like to be led by a person mm. and they don't realize that that needs to lead you somewhere that at some point you got to lead. Mm. A lot of people like to sit, you know, I, I, and I'm, I was one too that just, I just go to church cause I enjoy myself and I need my spirit fed. Mm -hmm. And here I am draining the pastor and here i am just as full or sometimes fuller than the pastor because he done gave out so much mm. but but we like to sit and pull from and we are 150 percent capable of pouring back 
But we don't. Why? Because we're in the routine of just coming to church and going home. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you routine. know, we, it's a routine. And and here we are, ineffective as people, because all we do is go to church. And I'm not talking about everybody. I'm just saying, but the majority. Because church has just become a part of it's a part of my lifestyle. I go every Sunday and then I go to Bible study and oh, it was good. It was good service. So and so was there. They sang well. That was great. But here you are full of everything that your pastor has poured into you and you're going throughout life and you have nothing to interject, mm. nothing to give the church, nothing to give life. The only thing you've been given to is your house. Mm. God is calling forth the people in the kingdom because we pass by so many different people trying to get to church. Now, I'm going to tell you something. People get so mad at me. And I know you're a pastor. I hope you don't get mad at me for just telling you this. Mm -hmm. But for years, and I when I say years, um, I've been preaching and telling everybody, you got to get out of this four-wall mindset. Mm. 25 years behind we were 25 years behind god god has been telling us forever to get out of this four wall of the church mindset because there's an entire world out here that needs what we get but we get so we get so caught up in those four walls that our mentality has been has been boxed in but now COVID 19 hit you can't go to nobody's church now Church is on right here, like what you're doing right here. Mm -hmm. Church church lives on and on and on globally. And people were not ready for it. Right. No. They're mad. They want to open up their church. It's because we're stuck in a system and stuck in a mindset and stuck in that way and missing what God is actually doing and you know, what he's been doing. You know, that's crazy you said that. I, I, was, I was called by a good friend of mine because when I first started – my church here in Las Vegas in mm -hmm. 2016, um, I was one of those, what they would call internet preachers. He got about six people. Who is he? You know, and people he was, he like, was he all, on the, all on the Facebook. And it's funny because my, my good friend that told me that said, now look at how you were doing that. And now mm -hmm. everybody has to do what you started doing. Mm -hmm. And because and how long ago was this for you, Pastor? That was 2016. And and just something to give as a testimony that was deep to me, you know, as as a pastor and as a lead pastor before when I was a lead pastor, I gave to many people, right? Yeah. And I mean gave. And what really touched me is that I gave to a man in Indonesia that mm -hmm. was surrounded by Muslims mm -hmm. and all his friends was telling him come to be a Muslim and he was the only Christian person there. And guess what? He needed to have his lights on. Mm -hmm. He needed to get food, but nobody would help him. And mm -hmm. I gave him my, my is I've gave probably way more than this to a whole lot of people. I gave him $40, which changed into like, I think 15,000 of their money to get their food. Wow. On. He had twins. He got food. He had to pay for school. So I gave him $40. Mind you, we pay $40 at, at Amazon mm -hmm. with my click. And mm -hmm. I was able to help him. And he got that. And it was a seed planted. I still talk to him to this day. And he, found, he, he got out of that storm. He owns his own business now. Mm 
He's bringing people to Christ. He's converted more Muslims into Christianity in his area. And that was because I sold him to him. I talked to him every day. Translate. It was hard. OK, <laughs> I was like, the scripture says this, but I want you to know that you are blessed. And and what God told me to tell him and and he went through the, the storm to come out better because he trusted God. And that just brought me back to go out to spread the gospel, not just to people that look like us. That's right. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody the else. Seed, the seed is always smaller than the harvest. Remember mm. that. Um. When we're planting a seed, that's all it is. But you have no idea what God has in store for that seed. You just have no idea what was lying in the balance of your obedience just to sow that seed. Um, and and what happens is people, um, you know, I I I could go on and on. I got so much to say to just that piece right there that you that you just spoke to. Um, so many other people would have walked away from him because he was Muslim or he's around Muslims and they would have turned their back on it. Right. But, but God instructed you to sow a seed because right. all God needs is that all, all, all God needs is his people to be obedient to sow that seed of whatever it is. You know, it's not always money. Sometimes it's like you were saying, sometimes it's a word. You don't know how far that's going to go, you know, you don't know how deep that resonates with somebody. We we don't understand how loaded we are. We right. are loaded. We are loaded with benefits daily. Mm. Can you imagine what that means, bro? To a world that ain't that 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 are that's hungry. Right. We are loaded with benefits daily by God. And for us just to say something to somebody or to embrace somebody or you have no idea how far that seed will go. Right. But that's how we we're supposed to change the world. That's how greater works shall we do in him is, is for us to get out of our own expectations in our own way in our own. Um, I mean, just get out of our own routines and just say, all right, what you want me to do father? What, what we, what we got today, which, where we at? Right. And I think that starts with us being authentically who we are, being comfortable in our own skin and knowing that you're good enough, you know enough, you're smart enough, you're anointed enough to be exactly what God called you to do every day. Amen. Well, I could definitely say um, that's just confirmation for a lot of preachers I know that's been saying, get out the four walls, because I used to tell people all the time. Instead of worrying about getting other church members, there's a whole mega church outside that you haven't tapped into. Right. Say it. Right. So say it. it and, and that's one thing that we have to look at is just there's that. I think that what it comes down to, my uncle will say it perfectly. My and my uncle Kevin Walls would always tell me, it's not about getting people. It's about maintaining people because mm. when you bring people that don't know God, they're going to do things that ain't of God and you're going to feel offended, but it's just because they don't know better and they don't know how to express themselves the, the way that you've been taught and trained all your life, but you have to have enough love and compassion like the person that had enough love and compassion and time for you to bring you to Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Um, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. 
You know, that takes the pressure off of us to feel like we have to go do that. Mm-hmm. All we need to do is be like him and stay committed to loving like him. Stay committed to um, being transparent. You know, Jesus was a real one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you a devil, Peter. You, he you was are. a real one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a liar. He didn't feel like he had to play tricks on people. Or sugarcoat. Um, That's lying too. He didn't sugarcoat. He didn't lie. He didn't feel like he had to play tricks on people to get them to believe anything he was saying. He didn't. He didn't. All he did was he he just told the truth. Just tell the truth, because the truth will make you free. Not the not the intellect of the person telling the truth, but the truth. You know what I'm saying? You know, it don't it don't matter how you present the truth, or who it comes from. It's the truth that's making you free, not the person that told. Hey man, you feel me? Yeah, yeah I do. I like I, you you preaching? Okay. Right. So um, your music, right? <laughs> <laughs> so your your music projects. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about it, and your radio station, and when you're gonna come out with a play and a book, and and all this other stuff. I'm prophesizing over. Just thought it. Come out. on, come on. That's oh so God, funny huh? you said that about that play. I I actually have written a play for that, and that thing came out in 2012. But um, I have written a play for it. But of course, you know, we're going to have to figure out a way to present it in this COVID-19 generation right now. So, <laughs> But um, I did um, a project and released it on January 24th this year. It's called Jesus Was Eclectic. Mm. Jesus Was Eclectic is um, a series. It's a series of five songs on an EP. This particular one that I released on the 24th is dedicated to decades. Mm. Um, and basically what I did is I took narratives of stories about Christ and put them to sounds from the decades. So I got a song, I got a 70s song. I got the one you played, Life is an 80s song, if you notice. I love that song. real 80s. Um, and that's actually, to me, um, I was thinking of of Lazarus and, and Jarius's daughter, how Jesus brought them back to life. The whole, that whole narrative is speaking to a dead generation. Mm. Um, and it, each one of the songs has something, you know, even me, the one that you played, you know, a lot of people get so caught up in the groove. They didn't hear exactly what this song was, but I'll tell you what it was. It was about the woman at the well. Mm. And let me tell you um, how it was about the woman at the well. Um, Jesus had, had finished ministering and he went and sat beside the well and, and, um, there was a Samaritan woman. See, he was a Jew. You know that, you know, this pastor, she came, she came up to him and he said, woman, give me the drink. And she was looking at him like, you know, I'm basically, uh, you know, I'm Samaritan and you ain't supposed to be talking to me, right? (laughs) (laughs) You said something to me and you a Jew. She was surprised because of the honor that people had for Jews at that time and the dishonor that they had for Samaritans. Mm -hmm. We're living in a generation right now where people honor people of God and pastors and churches, and they dishonor people that are not people that are racist. They dishonor people that are strippers and and whatever. Um, But when God is calling you, He's calling you from wherever you are. Mm. And you hear in the beginning of the song, I hear you calling me, your spirit drawing me, even me. Now, if you listen to the song under that context, you'll understand that. And and that's the thing. 
people say, you're just so deep. I've been in this thing a long time and I'm so, so for real with God that, um, it, you know, when I do my records, I don't, I don't, I'm not the, I have my own label and I don't want the pressure of a label telling me you got to hear and get some records out. I want God to talk to me and, and let me present something and give that to people. Um, because that to me is what I'm supposed to do in ministry. Um, but then we go from even me to the to the two thousands. I'm actually about to shoot a video for the one from the two thousands. It's got that that D'Angelo vibe to it. It's called Get Close, mm. and um, yeah. So of course that's the woman uh, with the issue of blood. If she could just touch the hem of his garment, but if you hear Get Close, you'll hear her. And then um, my nephew produced the 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 2010s decade song, and it's called Walk. Pick up your bed and walk. And of course, that's the man in the pool of Bethesda. But each one of if you don't know the scriptures, you won't be able to recognize the the metaphors that I use to um, to write the songs. But I just believe that the narratives bring life to people, whether they know the scripture or not. Right. And that was what we're that's what we're supposed to do, whether people know Christ or not, whether people know the scripture or not, what we do. What the gospel does is bring good news regardless. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's actually been my, um, that's just been my focus. And that's, you know, I saw a vision for Jesus was eclectic and I have, I have several of them in my head that's got to come out. So I've, I've, I've just been, you know, accustomed to hearing what God says, seeing it and then going after just that and not really what people say I should do. That's one thing. Second thing, you said something about the radio show. I've been in radio for going on 11 years. I, OG triple, triple. OG. I still feel like a beginner because I, I still can't believe I'm doing it, but uh, but I, I was doing a, a midday radio show in Atlanta on Praise 1025 with Radio 1. And then in 2015, they made some changes within the organization. And I ended up being um, the nighttime host syndicated in 25 cities um, and ended up being the first black woman to have a nighttime national syndication. You better and, come on now. Um, man, God is so good. And that's in any format. That's not just gospel. That's in any format. Wow. So um, then a year later, they gave me another show called The Spirit Top 15. My my radio shows reflect me and who I am. Um, and what I mean by that is, I mean, I I like to have fun. You know what I'm saying? I, I just do. We laugh on my show. I'm entertaining them. We're talking. We woke. You know, we get we talk yeah. about everything because we <laughs> over here. You know, we don't we just enjoy being inspired and being uplifted in our souls. This, this thing should happen. This it should happen in our spirit. It should happen in our mind. It should just happen. You know, all the time as we are connecting with Christ. So, but yeah, it's in. Um, I've got six million listeners. Between yeah. the two shows weekly, so you need it's just some of that anointing <laughs> on over here because geez, ah, oh, that I'm gonna do like Benny Hinn. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> y'all stupid. <laughs> y'all so stupid. You should have got the jacket. Right? For 1.2 million. <laughs> <laughs> y'all silly, man. That's good. But um, but yeah, I, I just say that God has been faithful to my life. You know, I, I haven't. I just he's been he's faithful. He's faithful. I can't even I can't even. I can't I don't even know what to say when I, when I say that, you know, he's faithful to my life and I'm and everything about my life is blessed. And I I'm just excited for whatever is next. Of course, we all go through situations and times, but you know, we have a we have victory in our DNA now. When we're in Christ, you know what I mean? Mhm. I don't do no devil attacking me, nothing. No, sir. He has not the unmitigated gall to come for me. <laughs> I want <laughs> you to understand. Yeah. We are in Christ. He's been defeated since the cross. Right. You see what I mean? We, I, I am connected to the resurrected Savior in Christ that defeated every devil far above principalities and powers. So you rarely hear me talking about some I'm under attack. I wish the devil would try it again. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't about to come for me. No, I know you ain't. I kick him down like a little rat coming up uh, out the sewer or something. But uh, <laughs> like the rat that could wash yourself in New York, that one, yeah, like, like that one. Come on, dude, come on, don't even try that. <laughs> um, because that's who we are. Right. That's who we are. Like real talk. Like if you really sit back and think about it. How can we give so much time to attacks and to negativity? I don't get it when we already won. We are above all of this stuff. Father, he right. said, we're seated in heavenly places, far right. above. So why would we come out of our, our seat of authority to be tripping over some foolishness? You have not, they can't do nothing to your life. Right. Wish he would. <laughs> And when we had that, kind, listen, we need to get gangster on that devil, man. I wish you would. Right. You Everybody know, about, well, back, you know in the you day, back in the day, you know, they wouldn't roll up. You need to say that to the devil because as soon as those same people would be like, oh, Lord Jesus, come to the cross. I, I just need. And you know, one thing I just realized this during this COVID, I, I could say COVID has had some some ups and downs and a lot of a a lot of like awakening moments for me. Yes. But the biggest thing is God has revealed to me the tools that I have not been putting in place. The mm -hmm. tools that I have been sitting on, not knowing who I am and whose I am. Because mm. a lot of people have so much power and authority that they don't even use. And a lot of times they use it on themselves because they always beating up on themselves instead of saying, I am victorious. Mm. I will make it through. I, mm. I, I am the head, not the tail. Mm. And that this is a, there's a due season for everything, a time to speak, a time to be quiet. And, and there's, and we have to kind of get to a point of understanding that there there's a reason why, like I get encouraged when I thought about Job, when you think about Job and the devil had to come talk to God, like, Hey, you know, Job, I'm going to get him. And he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to get who? And he's like, I'm going to go get Job. Cause I bet you he'll curse you to his face. So just knowing that the devil had to go beg God to come touch me. 
just shows me. Can, can I, I say? Can I? Can I say something to that? Because hmm. I I want to bless you a, a little deeper on that. The devil didn't ask God nothing. Hmm. Hmm. God told the devil, "Have you considered my servant?" <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Remember, the devil did not know who was he who he was going to devour next. He was roaming to and fro, seeking whom right. he may devour. Right. But let me bless you. When God got his money on you, mm. <laughs> when God know what he put in you, you just alley oop that one. I threw that up and you just alley oop that. Go ahead now. The it's like God said to the devil, I wish you would. Go ahead. Try it. Have you considered my servant Job? Because mm. it's like before you even get started, you see, you want to find somebody to mess with, try that one. Mm -hmm. Try him. When you realize that God has more confidence in you than you do yourself, mm. you realize that God will trust you with trouble. Mm. Right. He trusted Job with trouble. Right. He trusted him. He said, yeah, that one right there, he'll never curse me. Try it again. You can throw everything you want at him. Take his kids. Go ahead. He is not going to curse me. He'll take his wife. Go ahead. Take everything he got. Make him sick. Go ahead. But I, I have his whole life. All you can see is how to torment him. But I, I already know what he's going to be on the other side. I already got his double portion prepared. Watch him make it there. Mm. That's what God was basically saying. Have you considered Job? Because God knew before the storms even came in Job's life that the double portion was his portion. Mm -hmm. Before he even got started in that fire, he was already, he was like, yeah. And guess who's going to make it through to get to that? He knew it already. But we have to have that same level of confidence in ourselves that God has in us. Mm. Wow. If somebody you pass the collection plate to left, right, him. right. <laughs> somebody did the benediction. It's over. <laughs> if y'all didn't understand that plane, I don't understand what 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 you what you need because that was simple, clear, and truthful. It's the facts, yeah. bro. Because that's what God we serve. We're not. I'm. Right. We we got a real God. This ain't no joke right here. Like, you know, I know. You know, I can't stand racism. I hate it. With to the depths of my being, and God knows that people ask me, what's the one thing that you wish you could change in the whole world? It's racism. I can't stand it because it's arrogant. It's prideful. And it's like, how dare you think you better than me? What? Do you know who I am? I am a child of the most. But at the same time, mm. at the same time, as much as I hate it, it's, it's a principality. Right. It's beneath me. I am the head. I'm not the tail. Mm. I'm above that stuff. I'm not beneath racism. So racists will do whatever they do to be racist. They have never taken a breath out of my lungs. Mm. They can be racist. I can get mad. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to vote against it. I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to talk against it. I'm going to be all like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But when people say that we are victims of systemic oppression, I'm not. Maybe I didn't have some things, but I got everything I needed. Mm. Do you feel me? Right. 
my father told me that he'd supply all my needs according to his riches. So if I don't have it, perhaps I didn't need it because mm. he supplies my needs. Right. <laughs> you feel wow. me? Yeah. Right. So you're not going to affect me. You ain't going to affect my praise. And you ain't going to affect the steps that God ordered for my life. Mm. I can only do that by not being in, in, in alignment with him. So, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we gotta be on, we, we gotta understand what we really got. You know, we, we, I had a conversation around um, Easter and y'all, I'm, I don't know. I guess maybe y'all notice I'm a real one. I, I, I'm just going to say it. I don't really bite my tongue much. So somebody <laughs> called me. Somebody said, well, we're going to do the seven last words of Jesus. And we want you to be a part. I said, why do you keep doing that? Why does everybody do that every Easter? I don't want to talk about his seven last words. Because it does that right there is not what he came for. So why are we talking about it? I, mm. And I, why are you so focused on the cross? I'm finna mess you up. Uh -huh. Why does the cross get so much of your attention? And I the resurrection. I know where you're going. When the, when, when the whole purpose of him coming was for him not to just resurrect, but to leave himself accessible to us. Mm. If I got killed in my BMW, why would everybody that loves me wear a BMW on their neck? Why would the BMW get all of that glory? Mm. If my life was bigger than that. It's bigger than that car. Why would you rock the car? You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we get so stuck on these symbols and these things that we don't even get connected to what really happened. Right. Death, hell, everything was eradicated. And then he came back and showed it to the disciples mm. and said, I am leaving you a comforter mm. in the Holy, in the Holy spirit. That Holy let me tell you something. That Holy Ghost, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to just start preaching. That just happens to be who I am. You call me, I know, I know I'm an artist and I sing and stuff, but I'm actually a preacher and I love hey, go ahead. our Father. He, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. So the big part of the entire thing about Christ is he left the Holy Ghost it for us. To be God in the earth. Mm. Not for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He killed all of that stuff. He killed it. They thought they killed him, but he killed that. Right. When he woke up and got that power over it. You feel me, bro? Mm -hmm. That means there is nothing that we cannot conquer. Nothing. Mm -mm. We walk up and we're filled with this Holy Ghost, this God that's in us. I remember my, my son asked me, what does that mean? How are you going to be three people in one? What is that? You know, you got all this theology and all these doctrines. I don't believe in the Trinity. 
Well, the Trinity is this and all this stuff. Hey, 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 come off the pages and look at reality. Let's look at reality. I told my son, I said, son, so who am I? He said, your mom. I said to you, I'm mom, right? I said, so who am I to my mother? You're her daughter, right? Who am I to my brother? You're his sister, right? How many people am I though? One. Come on. That Holy Ghost is God's relationship with humanity. You feel me? Mm -hmm. When we believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and receive that God raised him from the dead, that was the biggest piece in this. He raised him from the dead. <laughs> and then he filled us with his Holy Spirit. Mm. We have a piece of, that piece of God is the relationship with humanity that we carry. Mm. What we wow. tripping about out here in these streets? What we tripping about? Do you know who we are? He said we were the head and not the tail. Why do we fight like we are beneath? Mm. Why do we put so much energy and and be in in um, the tail? <laughs> I'm not the tail. Who you say? Who you calling a minority? when the almighty God is in us and the spirit, like, like, like when you, you minister to the Muslim, it might not have had anything to do with your $40 that his soul came to Christ in those souls behind him. It was an exchange from mm -hmm. your, from your kindness. It wasn't the money. It was your kindness. It was your generosity, bro. It wasn't the money. The seed, the, the tool was the money, but the yeah. seed was the kindness. Speaks volumes. That's the spirit of Christ. Especially when you look at it in the aspect of someone thousands of miles away would help me before somebody that, lit, that is right next to me. Ah. Come on, sir. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to be living like. God had to break me. So he broke me down. You hear me? Because I'm I was one of the most religious people you have ever seen in your life, even as a teenager before I was saved. I came out womb speaking in tongues. <laughs> I did. I said Show sure us speaking of <laughs> well, God has <laughs> taken me on a journey. <laughs> I have become I have become what I was supposed to become. Through everything everybody said or whatever, I've just become what God wanted me to be. Mm. And I get it. I get it now. I get it. I get it. It's not, it's not indeed. It's not indeed. The kingdom of God is not indeed. It's in your heart. Yeah. Mm. It's in your heart. You came from your heart on that, brother. And that was kingdom. 
Right. Heart speaks to heart. Spirit speaks to spirit. You did that, bro. And God used it and he multiplied it. He multiplied it. Mm. And lives were changed. We won't get that in church. Mm -mm. You Mm. get that in relationship. You get that in relationship. You get that in revelation with God. You get that from, from, from hearing what the spirit is saying to the church. You don't get that from praying. You don't get that from reading. You get that from hearing what the spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Man, wow. <laughs> you banned off the show. Go get you. You kicking me off, bro. <laughs> but, man, you are, you are about to have me in tears because you're preaching. Because man, people need to hear from the heart, and it's just like people tired of the superfluity, especially this generation. This new generation, they got technology. You can't blindfold people nowadays. With big words and 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 the Greek of the I ain't got nothing wrong with it. I'm, I grew up Baptist and I used to be like that too. But I the mean, thing that I realized is that young people want transparency. I used to be on drugs. I used to do this. And guess what? The number one question that most people want to ask: hmm. How did you get out? Right. Yeah. Tell me, read a scripture. Don't tell me, pray. How did you get from being at as a stripper to now being on the praise team? How did you get from being so sinful and being on the streets to now being this man of God preaching and saving? Mm. So how those are the I always love young people, young babies, because they ask the number one question that we are told always to be quiet about. Why? Mm. Why? Mm. How? Mm. How can I do that? You know, when I first came to Christ, my 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 parents weren't in church. And I always I think I used to get on my youth pastor nerve because I'll be like, so. All right. So I'm I, if, if is it bad to smoke weed? And he'd be like, yes, yeah, bad to smoke weed. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why. And then, <laughs> and, and, they mad at you. They're going to call you the devil for even asking. And, and, and that's the thing that I think but I love that I had a youth pastor that was so down that would be like impatient because that's the, all, what it's all about because mm-hmm. it's not trying to be honorary. It's not trying to be, you know, s- some attitude. Some people really just want to know why. And then after the why, how can I stop? How can I get delivered? How what can I, I to do? Yeah. Exactly. Because it's like we miss the basics. We get so big in words and, and, and scriptures and, and all that. And that's for, that's for when you go to theology school. That's cool. But when there's somebody dealing with everyday stuff and they're dealing with, let's say, a wife dealing with an abusive husband or going through a drug situation and stuff that's everyday that we don't see in church, but people smile in church. And then they are coming back to their household. That a lot of people don't know what's happening in their household. And when they're asking you questions, it's not to be funny. It's not to be, you know, sarcastic. It's really to ask you in their, wherever they're at in their life. Because some people get offended when they cuss and all. I don't care. I'm like, I know most people when that. I tell you, if people be cussing, I don't even hear it. My ears are immune. 
I, you heard you cuss? I didn't know. I just like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I really am a, I'm really somebody else. I'm on another, I'm somewhere else with all of that. I am. And I think it has a lot to do with the people in my life. Okay. Mm. Closest people to me, I would say are my kids. I have a 30 year old. Well, my daughter will be 30 in August. I got a 26 year old son. And I have a 19-year-old son. He's about to be 20 in a couple of weeks. And at one time in my life as mother, when I was raising my kids, all, all I was focused on is making sure they know God and, and this is right and this and that and that. And making sure they get to church and all of this stuff. My kids are real ones. And they're coming from three different areas in different perspectives mm -hmm. um, my daughter after she um, I think she was like 18 or 19 and she came to me she's like hey this whole Jesus thing is a crock dude I don't even know how you believe that stupid stuff man mm. and why didn't you tell us better than that you just did that because your mom taught you that huh like they would challenge me they mm. would challenge me in everything you know because my prayer was because when they started getting like teenagers, I said, God, I don't want them to go to church to find you. I want them to find you in life because mm. I need them to know you for real. You go in, in these little operations, the operation get smart and all this stuff at church. And then they go to college and lose every bit of it because you didn't give them enough. Right. They don't even have capacity to do stuff. You didn't teach them how to make decisions. You didn't teach them that they're going to be trusted with decisions and they're mm. going to have to make decisions. You just told them, don't do this and don't do that. And that was it. So I took my kids out of it. We stopped going. And I started teaching them. I started being God like in the house around them. Let them hear you praying in tongues. Let them hear all of that, you know. Let me hear it, but I'm not getting ready to beat you over the head with it because here's the reality. You ain't mine. You're God's. Right. You got a purpose and call on your life. I just need to be in alignment while I have a stewardship over you to point you in the right direction. Those kids are, are you know, they go through on their own journeys. My daughter went through that journey and she's still going through some stuff at 30. But God's got his hand on her. Because mm -hmm. this what I, I learned is I'm in a covenant with God. And that covers my seed. Covers my children. I can't worry about all of that. What What's happening now? It's like, you know, I've gone through a whole lot. You know, and when I say a whole lot, a whole lot for me, an old Baptist mother, is a child talking back to me. <laughs> What you said? That's so what you, what you, she didn't talk back to me. I told her she didn't believe in Jesus. You like Dr. Maddie Clark? You picked to get the shoe. Get the shoe. Like what? Let the gum out. Spit it. <laughs> no, but really, I, it was it was no, but it's you know God knows what everybody can bear. Mm -hmm. He knows your journey. He knows what you could take. And there was some things that broke my heart hard, like. You know, but I had, but God carried me through that because he showed me me through it all too. 
you know, and this is how you grow. This is how we keep growing. Um, I, but I, th I will say that the biggest moment in my life with God was when he gave me the fiance that I have now. Jesus be a fence. I had no idea he was atheist. Oh, hey. wow. We've been friends for so long. Like we were friends since 2012 and Jesus is a good guy. You know what I mean? And every time we, you know, we would see him, we would ask him to do, he was just there. He was just a wonderful man. We um, connected in 2017, just kind of started hanging out a little closer. Like, why didn't we date? You know, you're such a great guy. And he said to me, because I know who you are, you're a minister, you worship God, and you pray. And I felt like our belief systems would clash. Mm. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I don't believe in God. My first reaction was, well, I guess we'll always be friends. You go on over there. Cause I ain't got time. But when God told me I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from him. He's God told me, he said, how are you going to find out about me? If you leave him, mm. Mm. how's how you, how's he going to see me? I'm shining and you're going to walk away. So I'm going to fast forward it. Cause all of that's a long story. I probably should write a book. Yeah. Told you prophesied over. You did. And I, I received sure it. Amen. <laughs> But from that day to this day, somewhere around this time last year, because I had already gave up. I was like, I'm not about to do this. Like, this is too much. Like, when I tell you the depth of unbelief, when somebody, it's, you was raised in church. Were you raised in church too, Chris? Yeah. It's easy to talk about Christ to people that had some kind of inkling. Right, right. We, we have a language. We got scriptures we know. None of that stuff is working with this dude. <laughs> he don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I cannot do this. And God mm -hmm. said, you need to understand that you're in the midst of a society just like this. Mm. They don't talk like you. You need to learn how to talk. But I'm going to teach you how to love and get some language that will work in this generation. Because the way you talk is too churchy. He mm. has no clue. And he's in science. One of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Genius, actually. So for a person that seeks out knowledge like that to make a decision at 43 years old that I still don't believe he's real. He can't be real. He's he's disproved God all his life. And I said, God, that's too much for me. Why do what I need to do? What you can't, I can't go nowhere with me. So I thought I would take him with me one time to um what to what's my brother's name? Pastor William McDowell's recording. I said, the Holy Ghost gonna be there. He's gonna knock him out. Come on. Just I tricked him into going with me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, when we get in there, that Holy Ghost gonna knock him out. I know God gonna do it. He sat there with me the whole time. We got back in the car to drive back to Atlanta from Ch from Chattanooga. And I, I said, thank you so much for coming with me. He looked at me. He said, that was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever been in in my life. I don't ever want to do that again. Mm. Wow. Do you understand? I started crying. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. And I love him. I can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I love him. I, I love, love him, but him. I ain't doing this. I promise you. <laughs> enough. What else? What am I supposed to do? It's past the this is William McDowell. But <laughs> right. <laughs> Come on, he got the whole Holy Ghost. Are you kidding? That's Jesus like, cousin. That's Jesus. Cousin. <laughs> yeah. Come on. God, God finally said, he said, so you finally give up? I hope you do. Leave a man alone. I got him. Leave him alone. No. What is life? He's going to go to hell, God. <laughs> God was like, and you're in control of that, huh? Nope, I'm not in control of that. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw. You ain't even giving me a chance to draw. You trying to put him in position for me to draw. You leave this man alone. Mm. So I had to go to God and just kind of like seek out, okay, what okay, what what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I started working on music. Kept being love loving and faithful. Just all of a sudden, God started drawing him. And from that day to this day, not only is he saved, but this brother's a prophet. God has awakened everything in him that was dead. He has resurrected his entire life to the point his atheist friends are trying to figure out what I got to do mm. like that. Wow. wow. He's gotten to the point. I was so, you know, when I said, when I tell you, I told God, I leave it. I'm leaving it. This is your man. He's yours. I give up. And he got, I feel like God was so glad I did that because God knows the language needed to speak to this one. And mm -hmm. I didn't, he's a critical thinker. Most, most, most of us preachers are not critical thinkers. We're scripture readers, and doctoring teachers, not critical thinkers. Mm. God made that man's mind. And the depth of study. He is every, it used to be just every Monday that he was, not because he has a pastor on, a Zoom, on Zoom calls. His pastor, um, they teach on Monday nights. He's on that Zoom call faithfully every Monday night getting the word, getting his understanding, fasting, praying, getting that power inside of his soul and becoming the man that God sent him to be. Mm. With me just being me and loving him. Love goes a long way. Yeah. And that changed me. A lot of people would say God sent him to you so he could get his life. No, God sent him to me so I could get my life. Mm. This, he had to break me from a whole lot of religious, spiritual ego and dealing, yeah. with, this, dealing with this man. I thought I could just, because one night I was going to get him, Pastor. I said, come on over to my house. I got a movie I want us to watch. I was going to let him watch The Shack. <laughs> Y'all saw The Shack? Yeah. Y'all seen it? Y'all seen like, it. This going to get him right here. This going to get him. I made dinner. And I was like sitting here and he was sitting there like this. Then he went to sleep. <laughs> and I kept, I kept nudging. He went on to sleep. Then he was snoring. Past I was 38 hot. I was so mad. I was mm. like, 
I set it up for you. You don't sit up here and go to sleep on God like that. (laughs) 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 Bro, I was so mad. I was like, hurry up and get saved. Come on, dude. Anyway, but the Lord got me good that night because I was like, that's it. I got them plates. I went and washed them dishes. I got in my cabinet and got my olive oil, put it on my hands. So I'm going to lay hands on this. I'm going to cast the devil. It's a devil in there. I'm trying to make him <laughs> cast it out. I'm getting that devil out of him while he sleep. I'm doing it. <laughs> I said, don't put your hands on my son. Mm. Wow. 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 Mm. Wow. I, 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 I said, that- you don't recognize the peace that he has in his rest. You don't have the, the same kind of peace. I gave him that peace. He's snoring my peace. Get in your room and go and try to find some of that peace. I mm. cried. God checked me the entire. When I tell you, <laughs> we think we got the answer, dude. We think we got it, but it's just religious jargon. Unless God told you to do it, you think you could just up and just. <laughs> Won't you just ca- go cast all the devils out there if you can just do that? Just go on a quest. Cast right. them out of everybody. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Why you? How you? How did you go to Whole Foods and there's still devils in there? Go get them out if you're that bad. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of times that's that's a a big thing to think about is that we try to be Jesus. Come on, and, and sir. People to Jesus. We don't and even know how to use this power. Because a lot of times leading it to Jesus ain't scriptures. It's how. Like, I remember a story, I'll be short with it, is that I was in the army, and it was a sergeant, and she was mean to everybody. But every day, I, I come in smiling, singing, like, morning, sir, and I just be smiling, go to do my job, and go do my mechanic stuff in the army. And every day I did it, she stopped me one day and said, hey, private, come here. And I was like, what's up, sergeant? And she was like, why are you always so happy? And I said, because the God I serve woke me up another day. And I kept going. It messed her up. I saw her at church. I didn't even know she knew what church I went to. At church. (laughs) And you never know when people see Jesus in you and a light and a happiness that they have missing in the void. You don't got to say nothing. You just got to be truthful to what God made you to be. If it's a light, if it's a smile, if it's a hug, if it's an embrace, even if it's just that you so you got a peace of mind that people are over. If I love that, what does that mean when he said if um, if this person was, I don't care and minding my business and there's a house on fire and he's still mowing his, mowing his lawn. Right. Unbothered. Unbothered. <laughs> Just think about if you could be like that, people would be drawn more to you by being how God wanted you to be instead of being so stressed out, so unloving, so unforgiving, so prideful, so this, because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and all this stuff just to show that you think you know more when it doesn't matter if you ain't saving no souls. Come on. You know, here's it. I, I, what I remember, I was just saying, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. That means I will attract. Okay. That means God knew before it was said that how attractive he is. 
He knows he's attractive to humanity. Mm. Just do this and he's going to attract. When we get those concepts and principles together and get that, get that right. And it goes beyond the scripture and into principles and life and our lifestyle. And we can trust it enough to just be. Sky is the limit, man. Um, souls, souls can't help but be drawn. People can't help but they, you know, I it's not gonna be because I said something to somebody. It's gonna be right. because I was something in somebody's life. Right. It goes, it goes back to Dr. Uh um I forgot. Oh my goodness. I just had a senior moment. It's getting late. So Pastor MT Thompson over Mount Zion. Um, used to say something when I was going through seminary and learning how to be a minister. You know, I did my first funeral with him walking behind and he was like, go say scriptures. I said, um, hallowed be thy name. I, I remember that day. I was like, oh, oh my God. In the front at a funeral of a good friend of mine. I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. I, I could do it. But I remember one thing he said to me, you know, God rest his soul that will never leave me. And I, I and I'm, I get it more the more I live, like the old folks say, just keep living. Mm -hmm. the, the basis of being a preacher is knowing compassion, but principle. Say it. That's you it. have to have compassion. That's so important. At, with principle. Mm -hmm. So if you got somebody in your church that is living wrong, if you don't got compassion, he ain't going to hear none of that principle that anyway. you trying to say anyway. So you wasting your time. Right. It was with his love. His He used love to draw us all. Right. It was his love and kindness. We don't have enough of that. And I had to, you know, I had to realize that in my life. I don't have enough love. I, I, I got an entitlement. You know, I got some entitlement issues. Just because I'm a child of God, I feel like I deserve. Mm. I, deserve I should have that. I, this is, you know. But the Lord, you know, uh, well, Paul wrote it. In, in 1 Corinthians 13 and 9. I'll never forget I read it from the message version. If you ever get a chance to read that. I love First the message. Corinthians 13 and the message. Translation. That translation, that thing got in my soul. I said, God, I'm not that. I expect that, though, from right. somebody else. I expect that kind of love from somebody else. But I'm, I'm not giving that kind of love. I'm not that. So I use that to try to get myself in order. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I start checking myself, self, self, self correcting the way I was handling people and handling situations and handling things. Um, and then I went through another phase of where I was just being honest and this is how I feel. And I'm going to cuss you out. Like <laughs> I went through that phase because God wanted me to see that there is this levels to this. Right. You still feel like cussing somebody out. You still ain't there yet. You might have operated right this time, but it ain't you yet. Mm. It's got to be you. It's got to become who you are. Not just what yeah. you do. Right. But I had to go through the phase of people pissing me off. So I can cussing them out and all this kind of stuff and throwing stuff at people. Not throwing stuff. I'm for it. <laughs> I know Chris is for it. Lord Jesus. You know I like throwing stuff and turning tables over. 
Especially when I've seen you know, Chris when Chris be doing sound check. Yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> so, that's hilarious. But I'm yeah, I'm just saying God ain't finished with any of us. And, right. And and I think that's that's been the problem all along is that we get into a place where we think we are finished and Amen. we can just do. And then, you know, God can't show us nothing else in another way. That's true. From another kind of person. From a different perspective. Right. Boy, the, the more perspective we get with the same truth, boy, I tell you what, we're going to be some powerful people. Mm. I can't wait to talk to the first racist that turned their life around. <laughs> That's going to help my soul because I just don't like them. <laughs> Got none for them. God going to have to help me with that part. Too. Well, one thing I want to say is so you you have your, your, your radio station, which I'm <laughs> listening that they need to go listen to you. Oh, it's over to- now. I, I went off at 11 o'clock. Oh, dang. So you could catch her on Radio One mm-hmm. at all the, the time. The nightly, spirit. the nightly spirit with Darlene McCoy. There you go. And you got her future book coming out. Whatever the name to of be, it. To, to be announced. Oh, you should say the truth for me. Oh, the truth for me. Oh, fire! He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then. You have your play, which I feel like your whole album. I didn't play it yet. I'm gonna play it at the end for people to listen to. I think it's a play from the beginning to the end, a musical play with you know, take me and and I wrote so many more songs since then. I need to hear all of those. <laughs> that play is gonna be on fire, bro. And I think you, you coming out with a play, especially in song, because if you think about it. The same thing that drew us to church, because mm-hmm. everybody here, I asked that question if you were choir usher first, and everybody on here said choir, including myself. Mm-hmm. So what drew you, for you to understand scripture, for you to hear God's word, you heard it in song first. And you didn't know the seeds that were being planted in that song. And you start being like, hold on a lot. Um, I'm blessed in the city. Wait a minute. That is scripture. I'm blessed. You're a real prophet. You're a real prophet. So it just shows you like how the music was seeds. Mm-hmm. You are a real prophet because it wasn't that song, but I hated church and I, and, and I didn't like, I didn't like preaching until I was like 17. My brother had gone to, um, he was in the army, but he used to have this outgoing message from Fred Hammond and commissioned. Mm-hmm. Um, only what you do for Christ will last. Uh, every time I would call, that was his outgoing message. And I used to be like, who is this? So he pick up the phone. I'm like, hang up. Let me hear that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, just go get the music commissioned. I'm like, what? Commissioned. So I wrote it down and I went and found their music. And when I started listening to their music, that's when I learned how that's, that's when I was start. I started being drawn. It was right. I don't know if I ever, I thought I did. I think I told Fred Hammond that, but 
It was, it was um, because I had a stone cold heart because I felt like God may have sent my grandmother to hell just because she said S-H-I-T one time. I wasn't sure because they said, (laughs) they said that, that if you do wrong, God was going to send you to hell. And that's all that I heard across the pulpit. Right. And I had a loving grandmother that, that was the most amazing woman I knew. Right. And I had a problem with God because I'm like, if you sent my grandma to hell over that, I'm already going. And and that's so much of the era of where I grew up in. I think a lot of people, there's like, well, since yeah. I, I'm like, and because the fire and brimstone preachers back in those days made a whole generation of people like, I know Jesus, but since you already said I'm destined to go to hell with uh, gasoline draws on, well, I might as well well come and, you know, the young people made YOLO. We was YOLOing before YOLO was a Man, I'm out here doing me. (laughs) If I get old, because I always saw myself as like the Uncle Phil, like I'm going to look like Uncle Phil and get about 40, 50. Then I become a preacher and do all that stuff and have that slow life and just be like, I go watch my stories. And right. I go to church and then we go to the prayer meeting. Then I would, that's when I figured that. But it was just, it's funny that you said that because it was always those times that really brought me to be, because I was called the prodigal son all the time. Because I go out there, act a fool, and I come to church and the pastor's like, come on, come on in the choir waiting for you. I get to sit down for a minute, get mad, go back into the world, and act a fool, and then I come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh god y'all pray for me no but hey but everybody's got a story you right. know everybody's got every have everybody has an experience has several experiences you right. know what i mean because if, that, if i knew i was a pastor from back then they be, he didn't made it jesus touched him because i right. remember back in the day he used to act a plum dumb fool right he did mm-hmm yeah so you got your book you got your you got your movie you got all these great things you're gonna make a new album come out probably in the next season when god brings it in your spirit amen and i just i'm happy i like talking to you this is great. fun great nobody it was just like us chilling yeah we're gonna have you on next week <laughs> okay Matter of fact, add her to the team. She's gonna be on part of the Anointed Radio team. <laughs> That's gonna be every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, just add her to like, all right, well, we're gonna have Darlene McCoy be a new addition to the Las Vegas Anointed Radio show. Right. It you 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 don't understand how much you spoke in values. Yeah. And it was stuff that needed to be said, things that just was confirmation, and it was just fun because it wasn't like. So next, how do you feel like this? It was more natural. And it's obviously, because I told you, you are OG, triple, triple OG <laughs> in um, radio. So obviously you've done this. What's that? See, that's what you... <laughs> but it was, it was just something great because we was able to have a great time in the Lord, which I know somebody, if somebody couldn't get nothing from this this episode, I don't know what to tell you. I got but a lot. Keep living. Amen. I got a lot. Praise God. I felt like yeah, I, I was whole, I put on Facebook. I put one of your quotes that you said tonight on there. And oh, then did I, you? I did. And then I put I put the video of us talking 
on there and I said, I feel like I'm sitting here talking to the female version of my pastor from back in Vegas. Oh. Because when I tell you the man is knowledgeable, but he has like street smarts and all of this stuff. So I felt like I was talking to him and I was just like, wow, like this That's is crazy. So, so I was That's like, man, once it made me a little homesick. So. Oh, don't go like, there. Right? Chicago in the first place, oh, Chris. I got it. Told me, go on about your business. I did say go about your business, but still. Who's your, who's your pastor in Vegas? His name is Bishop Ronald Thomas. Um, okay, he's the pastor of Reconciliation Apostolic Ministries. Ram, ram, oh, ram, oh, ram, ram. Yeah, that ram, dude right there is the truth. Apostolic, it. Apostolic. <laughs> truth like he teaches nothing but truth he doesn't do the whole denominational thing he doesn't do none of that it's truth this is what the word says and this is what you live by so that's mm -hmm. how i felt when i was speaking to y'all say man i feel like i'm talking to bishop <laughs> well ain't that something <laughs> well let me tell you i it was so it's so funny. I used to I used to tell everybody before I started dating Fonz, I was just like, God knows I do not ever want to date no pastor or no bishop. <laughs> I don't want none of that. I want me a whole other kind of man, just a man. <laughs> I don't know what God doing to Fonz, but even the atheists are calling him bishop now. <laughs> <laughs> So don't run from it. Uh oh, Team Jakes again. Get ready, get ready. And I'm like, God, do, but do we have to have a church? Can we just do something online? <laughs> right. I, I think there's a lot of first ladies that was like, I did not think when I dated, because I know my wife say it all the time. If I did not think I'd be nobody's first lady, nothing. <laughs> I know, like I most of the first ladies I know are feel like that. But you know, it's almost like there's this expectation for you to be a certain type of person. And it's like, I ain't that. I I remember when I was an, an ordained in ministry in, in the year 2000, I was like, I don't want to do that. Don't I don't want to be ordained. <laughs> 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 My pastor was like, he was like, God told me to do it. I said, How come he didn't tell me there? <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like ordination service for all of the MITs. I said, see, I didn't even go through all of that. I'm not doing it. And then they're going to be mad at me because I didn't go through it. Now, let's not do this. Because then you're going to be calling me Minister Darling. I don't want that title. I'm just Darlene, man. Mm. And I'd be doggone if I didn't get to church one Sunday. He surprised the ordination. And <laughs> God told me to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I know knowing a lot of people they would have put this finger up and walk and smooth out and be like, I think I left my oven on. Let me I'll be right back. We was at we had just got out of, out of this deep prophetic worship moment. Oh, he was coming back and he was like, Oh Jesus, thank you. Got and then like, got you. Come here. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <Snatched> you smooth <laughs> out. Smooth out. On welcome to the cool side of the pillow. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. Got me. But um, 
but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Um, I always knew that I wasn't a pulpit preacher. I will, but I mean, it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel mm -hmm. like um, God, all of the people I pass trying to get to church is who God trying to get me to get to. Mm -hmm. And I, my life is deep. deep. One thing that I was thinking that was deep, I'm reading about the parables of Jesus, right? In one of my studies. And I was just thinking like, you know how they say the rich man, and the poor man in the parable? Yeah. They never talked about if he was saved or not. If he didn't go to church and, and go through all this stuff. And, he, and the reason why he went to hell is because he, he passed every opportunity to show about Jesus. While every day he just passed that same poor person back right. and forth. Mm -hmm. And back and forth yeah. and he was so self-righteous and did all that stuff because when i think about that i said how many people can relate to the poor man and how many people can relate to the rich man just because just because he was rich to see some people think we rich because of the things we have and how many times have you passed them by mm. oh lord don't give me stuff. that's so good and and how how ineffective are you? Right. We we really think that we're effective because we're around people that that know how to do church, and you had a good time. But how effective are you in a world of people that don't know it? Mm. How, how big is your God influence? Mm. That currency does does it cash out or does it bounce? Because a lot of us don't even know how to live and life, live a whole life outside of just doing church. Right. Don't know how to live. Right. Don't not don't even know who you are. A lot of people don't know who they are. And I think that's the major key. And I think that's another, you know, when they was preaching, I was with the 2020 vision, but I saw because <laughs> one thing that I realized, because it's deeper than that, oh, it was just I see new vision. God showed clarity this year that we was distracted by. And really think of because I said it before you can go a few episodes because it wasn't because it was time for the change of the guards. Come on, sir. Rise up of the people that uh, is truly for the body of Christ to mm -hmm. go forth and find a generation that will be needed to hear a word that is sound to bring them to God, but not person. Mm. And that is what this really showed us. Think about everything mm. we don't stand still. And what how, it, it was kind of like we just was taking off blinders. Like I didn't even know. I mm. didn't even know. And then I didn't even know it was this close. Mm. Like because mm -mm. we had so much distractions. You know, I know I was frustrated and and kind of irritated about you know Stella's not going how much money I spent. But that's a whole other story. But you know, can I say something? Huh. I was about, I was coming to the Stellars to throw a party in Vegas. You too? I was going to throw a party for the, for Jesus was eclectic and had all my money. I was getting The Lord said, nope. As a matter of fact, I had already rented out the space and the, my spirit kept saying, don't do it. Don't do it. And then Isaac, the guy that you talked to, that was, mm -hmm. he kept saying, you need to hurry up. We need to go ahead and start promoting. We got to, I was like, I got to, I got to go with the Holy Ghost. I, he told me, don't do this. Don't do it. So we didn't do it. And I'll be doggone. Thank you, Jesus. 
He saved me some money, bro. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He saved me some money. He saved me some heartache. He saved me all oh, some time. <laughs> I wish I could say that same testimony. Amen. It, but still, it's still all right. Because one mm-hmm. thing I can look at is just that I found so much peace. I found so much stuff that if because the normal hustle and bustle, you know, me, Chris, and Dr. Clay, we supposed to be going to awards after awards and right. I'm glad I didn't have to. And now think about how much time you spent knowing you, how much time you spent with your family. Because right. you know, one thing that I, I've realized as a father and a husband, and before anybody know me as Pastor Jay, anybody know me as anything, mm-hmm. I'm still dad and husband. And I started to see things that if I didn't have this hustle and bustle, mm-hmm. I would ignore it because it was just constant go 25, 25, 25 minutes in the house and then go, 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 go. And that's when you realize that God just slowed everything down for you. But whoa, 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 wait a minute. And it goes right. to something I just dealt with earlier when um, I had a slow down moment when my car broke down right in front of a sign that says pray, prayer changes everything. And it really just set me and I was like, wow, there's a lot of things that we not paying attention to in life. And we ignoring it because we put in our routine, like you said earlier, instead of actually paying attention and putting the efforts and the stuff that really matter at the end of the day. So true. He used this time, just as you said, so that we can have some clarity. Right. We've been, we've been running around hustling, bustling, and unclear. And we didn't <laughs> And unfed and, and tow up. And, and holding holding on stuff, grudges and, and unforgiving and, and not praying and right and, and doing those little microwave prayers and then tied and then <laughs> and then go back to everything else. And like you said, because it ain't just the pastors that give out so much, you know, adding pastoral entertainment or anything that comes down to all the stuff that ties to you, then you doing your duty to give out what God has given to you automatically draws from you mm-hmm. automatically so you're just keep dr- drying the well that mm-hmm. well is keep drying and, mm-hmm. and and it's getting deeper and deeper and i really feel like you know other than all the stuff that ever you know pat people passing in my family and COVID 19 and people being sick that i know personally and all this stuff that's happening in this world god gave me clarity of what i need for me because mm. a lot of times we got to reintroduce ourselves to ourselves. Say that, bro. And, That's and, a very important yeah. time to do that. It's really, I had, I had one of my radio friends that, that said that they felt guilty for, for not having anything to say at this time. Um, they felt guilty for disconnecting. And just resting and turning their back on everything because they feel like they have a responsibility to people. Mm-hmm. And I told my friend, I said, but if you don't go somewhere and rest, aren't you afraid of you being the one tell- talking to people and not God? Mm. You got to go see what God wants his people to hear so you can be used as a voice to say it. Right. Otherwise, you're just going to be you talking all of your stuff. You Don't do that. <laughs> and be a like they say, a pop line. You'd be like, oh, oh, we, pop line. we don't need pop all line. that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll pass. 
Oh Jesus! It's, it's been uh, great, man. It was been it's been great talking to y'all. Thanks for having me on. And I appreciate it. See you next week, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> go that truthful. There you go. They got that truthful. Take the truth. The truthful set yeah, you we, do, we do have to do this again, though, real talk. Yeah. Especially with Dr. Clay, because I feel like Dr. Clay is she probably mad. She like, man, y'all had a good old time. And I want to watch you in the first place. <laughs> so Dr. Clay, we hear you. We're we, we gonna do this again. Right. So if you're watching, we're gonna do this again. Much love, Dr. Clay, the love child of Marvin Gaye and Eddie James. That's how you spell her name. That's what that's how, how you spell her name. Marvin and Etta. Marvin Etta. Marvetta. Marvin Netta Cray. That's her name, Marvinetta. Yeah. Put Marvin Gaye and Etta James. I said love child. Well, you know you a mess. You a mess. Dr. Marvin Netta Cray. I'm the one who came up with because that's how I remembered your name. I said, so Marvin Gaye and then Etta James, if they had a baby, would make this name called Marvin Netta Cray. I'll call it Dr. Cray. So, yeah, that's, that's, Jay, what what so during this I'm sorry I gotta ask this last question. Hmm. What have you what kind of creative what what creative did you just discover about yourself during this time? I don't have enough self-care. Okay, I, let's go beyond that. Okay. There's a, there's a gift I'm talking about. Oh, okay. What so, gift did you just discover? What I discovered is to get back to poetry. How did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was one thing, a, a, a passion. Actually, I learned that in therapy. I think everybody should have therapy. I don't care if you think superstition, but therapy taught me when I got angry because I had a very horrible anger problem as a kid write journal and in my journals because i love music turned into like jumbles of my of my day but it sounded like a poem and sometimes on didn't want people to think it was me that was talking so i would make it in a poem form so it'd be like oh now look at that nice little poem he's so he's so hercules <laughs> so yes um poetry i've actually submitted two songs not two songs I've submitted music, but that's a different thing. So two poems to um, a few editors. I got denied, but I'm going to submit them again. And Leave them alone. Okay. Keep doing it. Got you. Because, um, you know, you know when, when David was crying out and he was um, doing all this in Psalms, he didn't know that it was going to be for the whole world for generations to come. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Solomon was writing poetry. He wasn't writing it for us. He right. just wrote, right? And they were they were on tablets and they were found. Mm. And they are some of the most profound things that speak to the spirit of people. So don't allow yourself to get into a system, a systematic thing to where you feel like you have to hurry up and rush and get it all out to everybody, for everybody to see, because you can really make money off of this now. This is this really, don't do that. There's mm -hmm. something very pure about what God is doing in poetry with you that is needed and, and, and treated as sacred. Mm. Okay. I receive that. In the name of Jesus.
I ain't say I was no prophet or nothing. I'm just saying. I know. All right. I'm just saying I see you. <laughs> I got the juice now. Huh? Ooh, ooh, I said I got the juice now. Ooh, ooh. Let's get out of here. Y'all are best. <laughs> all right. Love y'all so much, man. This was great. I appreciate you. And um, one thing I gotta say, I have to say in all in all formalities, it's just I will definitely on the behalf of Anointed Radio appreciate you spending time because the most valuable time and you spent a lot of it because usually we said 20 minutes and we do too so it don't it don't help so (laughs) one thing i definitely want to just say in the behalf of anointed radio here in las vegas is that we thank you for coming on and spending time with us and like i tell everybody because this is the kingdom mindset is that now that you've been on you're like family so anything you have Anything that's coming out, let us know. We promote it. We're going to put it out there. We're going to be your, your chilling squad from Las Vegas. Like, woo! You Thank can come you. here even when the Stellars is not here. Just throw it out there. Yeah, I tell everybody. Oh, that. I do. No worry. <laughs> okay. I come to Vegas. <laughs> when everything get back and to normal. I go to Vegas and Sedona. Oh, Sedona, Arizona, too. Uh, we, yeah, this is, I, I go there. Oh, then that works. So anytime you're in town, just be like, oh, they going to be on, on live on Wednesdays and Sundays. I'm going to just pop up in the studio. I'm like, what's up? Sound like a plan, bro. So, yeah, we definitely appreciate you. Much love and continue love doing the great things. This ain't going to be the only time we talk. Mm-hmm. So we know it's going to be some great things that you're going to be doing and even probably some stuff we're going to collab on because uh, I feel like God put people in people's crossways for a reason. Amen. And it, especially when it's to glorify God and bring more people to God. So Amen. with that being said, much love, peace. Much love to you too. Thank y'all so much. Not gonna say, I can't copyright that. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, much love. I know it's like, especially for both y'all. So I'm going to just go ahead and close out. And I would like you to introduce your own song. Usually I, I call Cletus and I know Chris is happy that Cletus ain't coming, but we're going to go. Him out? No, don't be talking about Cletus like that. Cletus is sensitive and he's our only musician for free. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and play your song. One of my favorites and my kids favorite song as well. I'd like you introduce your song take me to a very special place and that special place is burger king (laughs) (laughs) and with that being said much love download anointed radio app follow us on the anointed radio platform on all social media platforms bet title because jay-z's tripping so with that being said see y'all next week and we're going to end out on take me to burger king be blessed everybody bye everybody Take me to Burger King I don't have much to bring I'll tear a burger to pieces And some onion rings Take me to Burger King Need some hot fries Options are few 
It's getting late. Dude, where are you? Taco Bell down. Dumb man knows too. I can't fake what's left to do. So hungry I'm weak. No strength to drive. Can't find the ride. As much as I'm trying, and my stomach refuses to be quiet. A whopper will change my life. Take me to Burger King. I don't have much to bring. I'll tear a burger to pieces and some onion rings. Lay me at the door and leave me alone to gaze upon their combos. A three or number one. Please take me to Burger King. Truth is, it's time to stop playing that game. I need a burger for my hunger pain. I'm calling you right now. Please answer my call. I'm desperate. Don't make me wait too I'm not gonna eat more chicken I made my decision It's Burger King for the food I need Take me to Burger King Don't have much to bring I'll tear a burger to pieces and some onion rings. Lay me at the door and leave me alone to gaze upon their combos. A three or number one. Please take me to Burger King. Four a.m. and this brother won't answer. It's probably somewhere with tears. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Take me to Burger King. I don't have much to bring. Tear a burger to pieces and some onion rings. Lay me at the door.